You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast raising the bar at workplaces everywhere. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective are their own and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James. And welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we are talking with anxiety researcher and author, Dr. Tracy Dennis Tawari, about the anxiety advantage and how resetting our mindset around anxiety can be a positive thing. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Workplace Perspective has a new website. Visit us at www.workplaceperspective.com. Check out our new look, including our featured guests and archive sections. Share us with your friends and colleagues to help us continue to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Dr. Dennis Tawari. Thank you so much for having me, Teresa. Tracy, before we get started, uh, why don't we tell our listeners a bit about you and what you do? Uh, Well, I'm a clinical psychologist by training. I went right into research and I've been an academic for many years. Now the co-founder and chief science officer at Arcade Therapeutics, where we actually take a lot of this research I've been doing for 20 years, psychological and neuroscience research to create game-based interventions for mental and behavioral health. All right. Well, we are talking all about anxiety today and resetting our mindset around it. And you have a very unique perspective on anxiety. Anxiety, as you know, everybody's getting anxiety. It's completely heightened these days uh, coming off of COVID and everything else that's going on in the world. Um, But you have a unique perspective, which we're going to chat about and how we can take that anxiety and make it a useful part of our lives and learn from it. And I can't wait to hear about it. So let's jump in. Why are we talking about making anxiety a positive thing? Well, it, <laughs> I think it's sort of out of a sense of necessity, because as you mentioned, anxiety is ubiquitous. It really is actually unavoidable because it's an essential part of our humanity. And, and that makes sense when we stop thinking about it as only a disease and actually think about it as an emotion that we evolved to have. And like anything that we evolved to have, it evolved to help us survive and thrive. And anxiety is really interesting, particularly at this moment in time, because it's all about uncertainty. And of course, what better word describes our era right now? So much rapid change, right. so much looming peril, but also a lot of possibility. So anxiety is that feeling we get when we look into the future and we see that something negative could happen. Maybe it's an upcoming you know, work presentation, whatever it might be, an upcoming life event. Something bad could happen, but something good is still possible. And so anxiety orients us to both of those possibilities and it activates us to work to avoid disaster and actually also make our dreams and hopes come true. And so we can be anxious about you know, difficult things like some upcoming kind of um, event we're very nervous about or frightened about, but we can also be anxious about something joyful like an upcoming wedding. I think it's really important to remember that because anxiety isn't going away, 
we need to treat it like a potential ally that we can negotiate with rather than some sort of an enemy to destroy, because that will never work. And science actually tells it that tells us that that tends to make anxiety worse when we treat it. I find that amazing. We're always trying to find the hopeful aspects of things in the show, very hopeful outlook on things. So I love this idea of, of the flip side of it and the fact that, you know, we can't, it's just not going to go away. Like you said, it's just not going to go away. Is there a, I know, you know, anxiety can heighten, there's physical reactions and all of that. In your research, do you find that when you flip the switch, when you flip the narrative and flip that perspective, does it have a physical, is there an equal physical response to that? You know, it's interesting. We, it's, we psychologists for so long, uh, we've known that anxiety doesn't have to be pathological. Yet we're still humans. And when, when a lot of us use the word anxiety, like I have anxiety or I'm feeling anxiety, we actually mean an anxiety disorder. So in answer to your question, a lot of the research out there has actually not carefully, carefully looked at some of the benefits of shifting our mindset about anxiety, but there is some. We're still gaining a lot of knowledge. So it's an exciting area of research. Um, there's been some really interesting research coming out of um, a few institutions on this sort of mindset shift. And a great study that came out of Harvard a number of years ago uh, brought in people with social anxiety disorder into the laboratory. And then uh, they had them do something that's actually kryptonite for someone, someone with social anxiety uh, disorder, which is to give a public speech. And this is called the Trier Social Stress Test. It's actually a task I use in my lab research over and over again because it's very effective. You, you And it's effective for not just folks who really struggle with anxiety for all of us. You have the person come in and you tell them, okay, you have two minutes to prepare to give this this speech that has to be well-reasoned and it has to be smart. And it's on this really contentious topic like the death penalty or abortion rights. And you're going to do it in front of a panel of judges. You, okay, you just described my legal career. <laughs> why I think successful lawyers have learned to channel anxiety so effectively because you have to ride that wave, right? We have to learn that skill. Anxiety is a skill to learn. These are mental health are a set of skills. So we have people with social anxiety disorder come in who have a particular challenge with the skill. And so, and they're just getting thrown into the deep end. And so we have that fight flight reaction, right? We have that physiological sense of overwhelm. But then they did something very interesting in the study and they've replicated it. Many labs have replicated this several times. They tell half of the group, okay, you're going to start feeling terrible right now. But we want to tell you that that's actually a bit of a misunderstanding about your anxiety because here why anxiety, here's why it's actually showing up for you. It's here to help you focus. It's actually a very normal biological response. And here's what's happening. So essentially, this is the mindset reset. This is the intervention where people who struggled with anxiety in some cases for years are taught to think about it differently as an actual potential advantage because when our heart is beating so fast, it's sending oxygen to our brains so we can focus better. We can think more clearly. Our, our muscles are energized by all the blood being pumped right to our, to our muscles so that we can actually be really on it and in it to win it. And so half of the people were given this perspective. The other half were not. And of course, then they were thrown into the deep end. But then at the end, this is the very interesting part. They measured everyone's physiology. They even measured their performance. How well did they do? And they measured their subjective responses. And people who were taught for just 15 or 20 minutes to think about anxiety differently, their heart rates were lower, their blood pressure was lower. They performed better and they felt better. 
actually their biological profile looked like someone who was ready to, you know, meet a challenge, not someone who was about to be panicked and overwhelmed. And so that was in comparison to the group that didn't get the mindset reset. Of course, that group was was very challenged and, and looked much more on the panic end of the spectrum than the intervention. I think that's just amazing how powerful the mind is to be able to change that and to be able to focus that and say, okay, let me try that. And in a single, just a single moment of just 15 or 20 minutes, a brief intervention. And remember, these are people who have been struggling with social anxieties, exactly this kind of anxiety, fearing that public judgment and pressure for sometimes years. And this one intervention made a difference. And it just teaches us, I think, that change is so possible. So much of this is actually something we can feel empowered to change in our life because yes, the world is harder. There's no doubt. I do not want to deny that. Um, The world is uncertain. Success is harder than ever to understand how to be successful and, you know, and, and to figure out how to do that. But there are things that we can do on a day-to-day basis. Which we're going to talk about when we come back from our break. But before we go to the break, I, one thing I was thinking of when you were speaking is it's it's the message. It's listening. It's stopping. It's paying attention. What's that message saying to me? What my anxiety, right? There's that kind of concept. Like here it is. What's it telling me? Like pause for that moment and go, okay, what's it telling me? Yeah, I love that so much because I think we've made a big mistake in thinking that the problem, you know, with our with our happiness, that having negative emotions is the cause of suffering. But actually, it's not having them that causes suffering. It's what we do. with. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk practicalities with Dr. Tawari and her thoughts on the anxiety advantage. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Take a step toward bringing together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with Dr. Dennis Tawari about resetting our mindset when it comes to how we feel about anxiety in our lives. So let's get practical. What can we do to help ourselves harness our anxiety, reset that mindset, and kind of listen to what the messages are telling us so that we can we can use this to our advantage? Well, I have a framework that I like to share because I think it helps us enact and build this new mindset on a day-to-day basis. I call it the three L's. And the three L's stand for listen, leverage, and let go in that order. And I think having a framework is really important because there's so many tips out there. There's so much to sort through. Having tips with no framework is like putting gas in the car and having no road to drive on. We have a framework when we have a direction and a map of the territory. In those moments when we really face or struggle with anxiety, we'll kind of know how to take those tips and use them. So um, so that's why I, I really like this one. And, and it starts with listening. Because the first thing we want to do when we feel anxious, when we feel painful emotions is we want to push them under the rug. Actually, there's a lot of messaging out there, especially in the self-help culture about doing just, oh, whatever you can do to make yourself. But unfortunately, mental health is not the absence 
of uncomfortable feelings. It's actually the ability to tolerate those uncomfortable feelings and go through them. So the listening part of the framework is really about, as you as you were saying before, you know, when that feeling shows up, what information can I get from that feeling? How can I actually sit down, sit with that feeling and understand, first of all, name it to tame it. Because when we give words to something, it immediately reduces that, that distress. But also, like in the case of anxiety, it's telling us about something we care about, something that matters to us. By listening to it, instead of automatically suppressing it, we can gain that. That's one great flip of the narrative. I love that. And one example, a quick example of that is I wake up at 3 a.m., have those worries coursing through my brain, right? This is, it's so typical. I think of all of us, it's almost normative, right? And it is, it's a, it's a normal thing. Because what's happening is our mind is telling us our emotion of anxiety. It's telling us there's something you have to pay attention to. Now, instead of sweeping that under the rug, say, oh my gosh, let me just get up and I'll go do workout and, you know, work out and think about it. Really is powerful when we take a moment, we take a deep breath, right? Let our body know and our mind know that we're not in danger and let that calm happen for just a moment. And then what is it that rises to the surface? You know, just the other day, what rose to the surface is that I dropped a big ball at work. Kind of was hoping that ball would just roll away and disappear. (laughs) It was still there. And so what my worry was telling me is that, oh, this is not going away. And because I listened to that and tuned into the pain of it, it was painful. I really let someone down at work. I actually now had the opportunity to get in front of it, to be proactive instead of reactive. So that's an example of why listening, you know, in our work and our personal lives can be so important. Right. The second L is leverage, which comes after the listening, because now we have information. We've used anxiety as data about what bad thing could happen and what good thing could happen. And now we need to leverage it. And remember, levers, powerful machines, like without levers, we might not have civilization. I mean, they say they built the pyramids from levers, right, from this leverage where you can actually amplify your power and your force. So now we have the leverage in my example of waking up at 3 a.m. is I have the leverage of this information and now I can make a plan. So now I know I have to talk to that colleague. I have to actually account for this mistake I made. I have to get in front of this problem in X, Y, and Z ways. And now I have this real opportunity to problem solve by facing what's in front of me with clear eyes. And that's how we really effectively problem solve. We see the both the positive and the negative. We plan accordingly, and then we take productive, wise action. So that's really the leverage part of it. And then the third L is to let go because, and it has to come third, because often we want to let go first. (laughs) But after we've actually used anxiety as a superpower, as actually an advantage by listening and leveraging, then it is important to come back to the present, to stop like all the churning of like, what if planning and doing, and we come back to the present you know, rest, recovery, we all actually are really good at finding things in our lives. We already know how to do this. It's things that help us find flow, things that help us find a sense of purpose, like everything from exercise, talking with a friend, talking with a therapist or spiritual counselor, going for a walk, immersing yourself in art. You know, I love writing poetry, terrible poetry, but it just puts me in this other place that helps me live in the present moment. And so we can do these things on a day-to-day basis to flexibly solve and rejuvenate. I really like that. I do think it helps to have a framework, like you said. And, and I was thinking that letting go, between leveraging and letting go, I think there's that opportunity of finding the possibility of hope. Yes, and to take your example, yes, I screwed up at work. 
I'm going to come up with a plan to fix it. And I have hope that I can walk it back. I can make it better. I can strengthen that relationship. It's an opportunity to say, hey, I'm fallible. I made a mistake. Let's move on. Here's my plan. I think that's a great framework. And I love the idea of that possibility of something good coming out of it. Absolutely. And and just remember, we wouldn't feel anxious if it were still possible. We would feel despair. We would give up. Right. And anxiety is not that emotion. It's, it's why, and I love how you said that too. You know, that is why I always say that the flip side of anxiety is hope. And when we plug into that, it's almost like, you know, the improv technique, yes, and that you say yes to whatever your improv partner throws your way, and then you spin it forward. That's how anxiety is. It's an opportunity for whatever the world throws our way, and it will throw things our way. We say yes, we listen to it, and then we take the good from it, the hope from it. I love it. Well, as we wrap up today's show, can you give us your words of wisdom or your thoughts for the future on this really interesting topic? I think that there are, you know, just two or three big takeaways and maybe little reminders and mantras that we can tell ourselves, because it's also important uh, when we experience anxiety to tune into the fact that we sometimes feel shame. We feel very self-critical. So the, the three things I like to remind people of are, first of all, that we are all born anxious. It is a normal human emotion that actually evolved to show up when we face uncertainty and to help us navigate that, to avert the bad stuff and make the good stuff. The second thing is avoiding it, suppressing it, contorting our lives to not feel it is always going to make anxiety worse. And that stinks because anxiety does suck. It really feels terrible. Just go to sleep sometimes and wake up the next morning and try again or, or binge that streaming service that you love or whatever it is just to, you know, take a break. But we can't really think we can avoid anxiety and just suppress it because eventually we'll have to pay the piper. Avoidance always makes it worse. But the third thing is we can engage with anxiety as an ally that we have to negotiate with by really enacting this more positive mindset about anxiety which I describe as, you know, listen, leverage, and let go. And if we remember those things, we will create a more healthy, advantageous relationship. That's great. Thank you so much, Tracy, for being on the show and for sharing your practical advice. And I love your your philosophy and your thoughts on the subject. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. You can learn more about Dr. Dennis Tawari by visiting her website at www.drtracyphd.com. That's D-R-T-R-A-C-Y-P-H-D.com. You can also connect with Tracy via our website at workplaceperspective.com. I want to also thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Name at Night and Workplace Perspectives team extraordinaire, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar. Keep raising the bar.